0: Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to The Friday Show, the show that thinks Raheem Sterling will take the Europa Conference League by storm next season. I'm not bitter. As always, we're looking back and forward, back at City's win over Chelsea last night and forward to the FA Cup game on Sunday that may seem rather familiar. To discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined by two people with a Friday feeling, I hope. It's Chris and Lloyd. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing?
1: Morning, Howard. Morning, Lloyd. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, happy New Year to you both. I've not, I've not oh, yeah. done a, happy I've, year. I've, I've, not, I've not done a pod since before Christmas. So, uh, yeah, I hope we have both had a nice festive time. But yeah, I'm all good. It is a Friday feeling. Yeah. So it's always, so uh, you know, it's, it's the best day of the week apart from Saturday mornings, which is it's always good. the best. The pardon. Saturday.
0: Oh yeah, week. yeah, do that. It's to What's better? Uh, yeah, it's good to have you back, and hopefully we'll be doing a podcast next week. Referees. Yes. So yep. I there's, using case studies, I think there's plenty of new stuff to discuss. Basically, I think uh, so. yeah. I've, I've got one key question to ask you, but don't answer it now. Okay. How does a referee deal with players who just fall to the ground pretending they've got cramps? So that was the inspiration for this entire podcast, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> there'll be plenty more to it. Uh, but I think it's really interesting here you know, about how what referees can do when players mm. make life very, very difficult for them, as we've seen abundantly in the last two weeks so mm-hmm. yeah looking forward to that uh, Lloyd good morning morning I have some questions for Chris on that podcast so I'll be sure to send them to you do send them yeah uh, welcome to come on if you want uh, but yeah if you can't uh, do send them our way and uh, next no, Wednesday definitely. I hope how you doing all good was just saying to you two beforehand
2: uh, Watched the game in pub last night had a few Guinnesses and celebrated with some chicken wings on the way home, so I was feeling quite <laughs> chipper.
0: Yeah, I celebrated by getting extremely wet because the heavens opened on the way home, <laughs> and it's so much better What, what you just way won a game. Hmm? Well, what better if, way to celebrate? If they'd lost, that rain would have felt very different. <laughs> yeah, and I walked past the burger joint and was uh, completely disciplined for once. So yeah, all good. Uh, any resolutions for this year then, or the absolute? Do you think that absolute rubbish, Lloyd?
2: Uh, no, I think that you know anything that pushes you into a better um, habit or mode is is it can only be a good thing. It's just up to you to maintain it. Um, now, mine main main one is just to smash my knee recovery and um, get get back up to a good point post surgery as soon as possible. Mm. Good luck with so that. That's an
0: obvious one. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chris? Off-air beforehand, we uh, put the world to rights with dieting, didn't we?
1: So. We did. I do, yeah, I do think it's really important when you've got resolutions that it, you don't take something away from your life, you add something. Yeah. So, you know, so if you say, right, I'm not going to eat as many... Takeaways: What are you gonna replace it with? Whether that's an activity or you know, just, you, if resolutions are about reducing something in your life, they're very hard to maintain. If they're about adding something which is healthy, for, for, particularly emotionally and mentally, then they're all good. But I've just, uh, I mean, yeah, I've got a few, no, nothing spectacular, just a few things I want to tweak. Uh, but yeah, I think, I uh, think, I think, I think, I think it, it, I think it can be a good sort of time of year. Mm. Can, can be a good period to sort of say, right, what am I, what am I unhappy with? With myself, with my life and you know, and just, just attempt a few tweaks and see what happens. It's such a miserable month, January though, isn't it? It's yeah, it's tough. That. Yeah, I've I, I've I've been back at work this week and I've struggled to get match fit for work again because mm. I was like two and a half weeks out and suddenly you're straight back in. It's as busy as usual, so we we, we should allow ourselves a slow start to January. It's yeah. better for them. It's better for the mind.
0: Well, my main one is go for a walk every day. So yes, however long it is, even if it's five minutes, it's a good one.
1: It's an yeah, excellent one. Always yeah.
0: leave. Yeah, because <laughs> work yeah. from home. Always go out, just even if it's around the block. However right before we talk about the boys in blue, there's two lots of them uh, you're both looking forward to the f a Cup third round weekend thesmors board of football always loved excuse to get that word in uh, Lloyd, what about you, or was it all I mean looking at the fixtures, I'm not sure it actually offers that much uh, Everton obviously no. going to El Trafford probably won't put up much of a fight. Liverpool Wolves eight o'clock on a Saturday that's bang out of order. City Chelsea aside, doesn't yeah, lots of interesting games. But I don't know. Do you see many shocks? Uh, is it a weekend you really look forward to? It
2: is normally. I am a bit of a traditionalist in that. Um, I quite like on on the Saturday and Sunday of the of the weekend, just kind of throwing a random game on with you know a team from absolutely nowhere playing like a Championship or Premier League team. And it's always fun to get, watch someone get knocked out when it's unexpected. But I think you're right. There aren't that many fixtures this time that you look at and you go, oh, I'll definitely watch that. Um, obviously, I think R1 is the is the one that catches the eye. But with us having played them last night, probably makes it a little bit less juicy. Um, and so I think to, for two Premier League teams to play this early on is a bit boring in the FA Cup, really. Mm. So... Not the best set of fixtures, Good. but happy to go in with a win from last night because I think that makes it a little bit easier for
0: Pep. Yeah. Well, yeah, United, Everton, Liverpool, Wolves, Brentford, West
2: Ham—quite. I know, but all all Premier League games at this stage is a bit boring. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it should make it a bit more interesting further down the line, but I, we—I don't really need to say need to see like Liverpool play Wolves or
0: you know. No. Uh, Gillingham Leicester could be shot. but then Gillingham are in such a bad place anyway. Shefford Wednesday Newcastle that that could be interesting. Could be, maybe we'll see. But, maybe Cardiff City Leeds on Sunday that would be that'll be lively. Uh, yeah, not a lot else, not a lot else to be honest. What about you, Chris? Are you looking forward to it?
1: Yeah, I think the Wednesday Newcastle one for me is the kind of eye catching one M- mainly because. It's at Hills- it's at Hillsborough, isn't it, I think? Mm. And and Wednesday are-, are doing really well in their league, they're looking confident. And there's I always like when you see those sort of two levels of confidence sort of clash. But obviously Newcastle is super confident at the minute. But um I am looking forward to our game. But yeah, I I, I have become increasingly ambivalent about the FA Cup, sadly. I- I'm not quite sure how that has happened, but I just mm. yeah, I-, I just don't feel the same way about it like oh, now give me a carabao cup any day of the week <laughs> we'll come to that, we? <laughs> yeah but uh, but uh but yeah I, th- I mean the one thing is obviously you get wall-to-wall coverage from bbc so it's quite good to have honest kind of wallpaper in yeah. the background really I, I tend to do that just keep it on the background from doing work or cooking or anything but yeah i i it's i think also in the context of 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 this there's so many fixtures being shoe shoehorned to such a tight schedule It's it's quite difficult to get to get Excited in a singular way about the FA Cup but I'm sure it might throw up a few interesting outcomes
0: doesn't help that I get kicked out of my seat for every home match either yes it's it's true annoying well there you go Uh, maybe that'll change after Liverpool came to town but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right Chelsea versus City Lloyd it's it's the uh, weekly question for you did this feel like another must-win game, or did the Arsenal draw take the pressure off? I did feel the Arsenal draw kind of changed things slightly, but obviously that also presented an opportunity. So, yeah this
2: this wasn't a must-win game in that it, it didn't have. What? Bear with me. It, it it didn't have. So I think Leeds was was re, was different because, as we discussed at the time, everyone had played everyone had won, we had to wait and we were, you know, at that point, I think eight points behind and it just really felt like, oh, we really need to, like, Mm. we really need to win this. Whereas last night, look, we definitely, you know, three points was a massive statement and I'm very chipper this morning. But if we'd have drawn, like, I don't think it would have been like title race over, for example. Um, Yeah. So, it wasn't, it, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say it wasn't an absolute Lloyd Scrag must
0: win. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. And a reminder that the halfway stage in this season is in February, so, which still blows my mind in a way. Is it? What yeah. are we on now? 18 or 17 games? No, less 17?
1: Than, I no, except, it, we're on 17, aren't we? I thought it was less than that, so. No. I, th- I think after Spurs, that's halfway point, isn't it? Uh, let's have
0: a look. Oh, yeah, 17. So, two games to yeah. go. So, yeah. obviously, no league game this... No, it can't be February then. Someone who I respect on Twitter has lied to me, so... Shocking. Or maybe he was talking about other competitions as well. But, yeah, uh, United still won't be halfway. It'll be the game after that if the Spurs one goes ahead. Yeah, if we don't draw against Chelsea in the Cup. So, yeah, it's still... You know, we're into January, we're not halfway yet, so... Yeah, what about uh, you, Chris? Were you confident going into this game? Because both teams coming off, well, let's just say an unsatisfying match result. Mm -hmm. Chelsea all over the place. And as we (laughs) we discussed the match itself, yeah, you could kind of see why. But did he come into, after our past result, did he come into this not knowing what to expect, in a way?
1: If we'd played Chelsea immediately after beating Leeds... I would have felt really confident mm. but it wasn't just the dropping of points against Everton that, that had me concerned. It, w- it was more to do with the a few a few indicators of, of some slightly peculiar decision making by Guardiola which he's, he's entitled to and he has moments like this in every single season. but even though Chelsea have been erratic so far this season. And, and considering the resources have have been hugely underperforming, regardless of pots of coming kind of coming in, you know, uh, an early stage. Um, I, I still think a visit to Stamford Bridge is always a challenging proposition, yeah. and and so my my concern was how how much. To, ha- to what extent Pep was going to resort to, to default and play a team, play a formation and, and play a team that that they were familiar with themselves. Um, and I think that was where my anxiety was co- was coming from. Because I, th- I thought that if, if we were firing on all, all, all cylinders, if we played against, like we played against Leeds, we, we would we would defeat Chelsea with a rel- relative of, a amount of comfort. But I was just feeling some anxiety. It, it just felt unpredictable. And I was quite uh, unsure and and then there were a lot of kind of red herrings. Once the lineup was announced, I was lulled into a false sense of security, which mm. I'm sure we'll talk about as that first half yeah. unfolded.
0: Let's jump in then. We don't yeah. really need to discuss the lineup, Lloyd. We're all happy with it. Is that fair to say? On paper. Well, on we can paper. Discuss it. That is the key. That is the key.
2: Yes. Uh, we're all idiots. Like, why? Why, when I look at a team and it's I see the 11 players that I pretty much want, why am I just happy with that and forget the fact that Guardiola is Guardiola and that he's obviously going to do something out of the box, untraditional? Um, it, he's been our manager for like seven years and I still make that mistake. It is a bit, men- it is a bit mental. Um, yes, I mean... The fact that Foden hasn't been playing, I found very, very odd. Um, Walker and Cancelo not playing as well has been has been strange. Um, I think Pep's comments gave that a bit more explanation for the first time, but that really is the first time he's spoken about it, just before the game, particularly about Walker. So I kind of understand it a bit more. And obviously, Rico Lewis has been great. But uh, yeah, bottom line is, in terms of an eleven, like... I had no complaints, really, and when I saw that team, I my confidence levels rose quite a bit.
0: Right, <laughs> Chris, hmm. why? <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, let's get let's cut to chase. I think the quick before I let you to uh, say whatever you want to say. Structurally, it's not something he hasn't done loads of times before, or not, or perhaps even recently. But it's more the plays he did it with that would be the problem. That would be my angle. But it's fair to say it did not work. This this first half was not a disaster, but his setup for this just, no, it just didn't happen, did it?
1: it it's really hard because it's Pep Guardiola were talking about, you know, and he knows more about, he's forgotten more about football than I can ever dream of, of knowing. But I just think the formation was pure folly. There's only there's only way I can describe it. I think I think Lloyd is perfectly justified in feeling confident when you saw that lineup. Because we looked at it and went, Yeah, okay, the it's it, it, it's a lineup that we're much more familiar with. We're aware of what the strength of each player is played in that in the correct position, but more critically, the the players are aware of each other in those positions. Mm. That was and key in our,
0: for
1: me, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and in our WhatsApp groups, I, I refer to this idea of muscle memory. When you're playing in a familiar formation, you know where your teammates are going to be, so you can play a lot of blind passes knowing that they're going to be there, and then then that fluidity and confidence develops. I've seen Guardiola yeah, be, be you know, innovative, let's for one way of calling it, with, with his formations. I just thought last night was... A willful attempt to try and counteract any threat Chelsea would hold. And Guardiola failed to see that he was he he was not going to get the best out, out of his players. Um, and, and I think I think the most the most prominent example of it was was when we made that tr- transition. From attack, when we lost the ball and there was a turnover, we made the transition from attack into defence because we were playing a back three. Rodri then jumped back, dropped back into that back four, Mm. but we then didn't have a DCM in midfield. So Chelsea three times in the first half just came through our midfield with ease because Gundu and Bernardo couldn't stop them. So we were not getting the best out of our players. We're not getting the best out of Foden. We're not getting the best out of Walker. Not getting the best out of. Cancelo. And so I just thought it was, I was bemused, but I, if I'm honest, after about, after about 30 minutes, I was actually quite an angry as well mm. be, because it was, so, it was so explicit that this formation was not working and was completely reductive of what we are capable of, particularly as Chelsea had two key players out and Chelsea not very good this season. So the first half for me was a real struggle to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean... The thing with Pepe is he's he's done this a thousand times and it's worked, and then you don't say anything and we kind of pick it up when it goes wrong. But for me, when we went to Anfield, people were saying Liverpool are there for the taking. Now, I hate that phrase. (laughs) You never go to Anfield and Liverpool were never there for the taking. There'll still be a huge threat and a tough opponent at Anfield, even if they're not in good form. But if I was ever to use the phrase, I think this is the one I would use it, going to Chelsea. This was the best time in the last 10 years, perhaps, to play Chelsea. They're just not in a good place. And I thought, again, the usual caveat, what the fuck do I know? Pep knows 27,000 times more than me. That's always, so every point we make about his tactics, but it's stating the obvious it didn't work in this first half and he said after the match he knew it after 20 minutes it wasn't working but it takes a brave manager to be doing subs after 20 minutes so I guess he felt that he had to leave it till half time but was this Lloyd not not the time to be experimenting uh, with like Cancelo on the right wing having like Foden as a left wing putting players in that are rusty like Cancelo and Walker, which I think showed first off, when he could easily have played against Everton who weren't going to attack very much, giving them a nice gentle introduction. Perhaps Walker wasn't fit for, you know, Everton, who knows? I just felt the the team we envisaged when we saw the team on paper, why didn't he just play it in a basic way against a team that were really there for the take? And, and that, that was quite clear within 20 minutes, as bad as we were, they weren't much better. Well, sometimes with Pep, that would be too simple. Yeah. And that and, is and that Can is, you not be simple his...
2: sometimes? Well, of course you can, but, you know, we've watched enough of Pep Guardiola football to know that the, the kind of over-tinker, it, I'm sorry, but it is a thing. And, you know, I think there's a huge discussion about it, uh, kind of around Leon and the Champions League final against Chelsea. But, you know, every so often, and I think it's happened a lot more this season than in previous seasons, to be honest, Pep has done something at an inopportune time where it's thrown City off and I think it's affected us negatively. And being completely frank, you know, the first half, I think was a horror show. It was really bad and... It wasn't just bad because of Pet. I think players individually had really poor games first half. Um, mm-hmm. I think Chris, the way Chris characterised it is really, really, really good because I agree, the first 30 minutes I was kind of like, what's going on here? But it, it did, it kind of switched to anger like towards the last 10, 15 of the half. You're just kind of like, why? Why are we doing this? We're We're inviting Chelsea onto us. They were getting space centrally. Obviously, Chukwu almost scored when he hit the post um, but you know in, to go back to my point like individually Cancelo and Walker just looked off like they just looked rusty and that's understandable they haven't played since the World Cup really uh, yes, why but was they were this being first played, game for them yeah but they were being played in, in strange positions so mm. I have sympathy with them mm. but then there were players who were being played in more traditional positions i.e. De Bruyne Gundogan who just I mean, De Bruyne's pass, I haven't looked, but his pass completion from the first half can't have been above 50%. Like, he just gave the ball away pretty much every other time he got it. So it was just, it was just, it was not good. It was not good. And, you know, you don't have to be a tactical expert to watch that first half and just say, this isn't working.
0: Yeah. Chris, where's the responsibility that Lloyd touched on between players and manager? I think players do have to take some responsibility for this because I fully agree with you. I think it's really important what you said about if you're playing players, this this lineup has probably never happened before. And it's my biggest frustration with Pep is that if you do something like this, there are other teams where they play the same team, same structure week in, week out, and it's a sixth sense knowing where other players are. You throw players in like this, and they've probably been training it for about two days or something. Then there's no chance; they just don't know. You can see that with Walker, Cancelo. They're just like they're not aware of where they all are. However, as Lloyd said, Kevin, you know, Kevin De Bruyne just misplacing a pass isn't down to Pep's lineup or tactics or formation. Cancelo just putting a cross way over, hitting it. You know, as many players did join the match. Is cannot be excused by the formation. So, do for you as well. Do the players take some responsibility here for that first half? I th-
1: yeah, I mean a little bit because I do think it, I do really think though that the, the 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 responsibility lies with Guardiola. He could have changed it halfway through the first half without changing personnel. Just mm. just drop Cancelo into left back. Okay, go to a four-three-three. Um, can, and, can I just and, say, and especially
0: then, <laughs> after Sterling goes down after a minute, Pulisic's twenty-two minutes. Yeah, they're clearly not that good. You could tell they're not really like that decisive. That was an opportunity to do just that, was it not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think because any, the key the key areas of threat that Guardiola clearly was concerned about had been removed. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think he was particularly concerned about about Sterling. Yeah. Um, but but also, yeah, I, I, I know Concello and Walker have not, not had any game time since, since they came back. But the one thing I kept noticing was our outlet kept being on the right-hand side. Foden was pretty much a, um, a, 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 just just a passenger in that game. He was barely being used. And we kept doing the same thing. ball, would, We'd defend the ball, we'd, we'd, we'd take it back. And then we'd move it out on the right-hand side and walk would put a pass into Cancello. And if you looked at the formation, we then basically had a 3-7 because we had basically a flat seven moving up together. There's no outlet for a player there because we're flat. There's no fluidity. There's no dynamic. There are no triangles at all. And that, that was the thing that was making me so irate is I was looking saying, what do you want these players to do with this ball? Because there's no movement at all because we've gone to basically a flat seven facing... Face the face their back line. And so, as talented as a player is, unless he goes rogue, he has to stick to the system. And the system last night was counterproductive to what we know our team can do. And so, whilst, yeah, De Bru- when De Bruyne has a bad game, it, it's seismic because he rarely has one. Um, and and Cancelo is not a right winger. He's a defender who knows how to attack. Mm. Okay, And so and um, and and i think that it it was not it was not rocket science when it started to work in the second half because it was so elementary what was wrong so some players could have played better but ultimately i saw players looking bereft of an understanding of what they were supposed to be doing and that's down to pep and then when, and then when it changed you could see actually it was down to Pep because the players looked as if they had an injection of adrenaline in the second half because the formation was different. And suddenly they kick in, muscle memory kicks in, they play much better. So some players weren't great, but ultimately this one's with Pep.
0: Lloyd, is it fair? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm I, just, I was just going to say Lloyd, you know what frustrates me about Pep more than anything? Uh, and there's not that much, let's be honest, Uh Cause he said yeah, he does stuff like this and gets it right 98% of the time mm. but I think we said yeah, after the Everton match he's not had a brilliant season with some of his decision making what annoys me a bit is he can put out a formation like this at Stamford Bridge with Cancelo as a right winger but repeatedly won't play Grealish or Foden in the middle because he doesn't think <laughs> they're ready for it and it's do you see what I'm saying here it's mm. like some of the things he won't do but other things he does do it doesn't make sense sometimes his logic when he he sets up a team like this.
2: No, absolutely, absolutely. Because you know this this was this this was just weird. It was weird. Yeah, and I, I think the other reason why it was weird, which we haven't touched on yet, is there wasn't anything. There isn't anything standout about Chelsea that that makes you want to play a formation like that. This would have made more sense against Everton, who had a back five. Or where, against
0: peak Chelsea.
2: Against Well, against Tuchel Chelsea, I would have understood this a bit more. Yeah. Be- because um, the idea of having Cancelo so wide with Foden so wide was to give you that kind of width and outlet. You were then dropping Rodri off the ball into a back four, but then he was kind of coming f- out of it when we were in possession. So that... To try and create an overload in midfield with the ball, and then still have space out wide. So you've got the three of Rodri, Gundogan, and De Bruyne with Bernardo kind of buzzing around as well. That would have made sense against a back five. So yeah, Everton, Tuchel, Chelsea, etc. But there was nothing about Chelsea last night that kind of necessitated that. So yeah, I agree with <clears throat> I agree with Chris when I said you know some of the players were off. I'm not resting much of that blame really at their feet. I think, you know, if I was to throw a percentage at it, I'd say that eighty percent of that first half was on Guardiola and probably twenty percent was on the players. Um and the fact that he didn't change it within the half was frustrating, but and I think it is a big but he made he made amends at half time, and that is very unpep, particularly mm. this season. And it it changed the game instantly, and to do that is commendable. It's something that he hasn't done this season. He hasn't done much this season, much to our frustration, and it's kind of created a lot of minutes on the podcast. So it's you know it, it's the definition of a game in two halves. This one,
0: yeah. Well, I don't know why in my mind when you said a big butt, I thought of Eden Hazard. So <laughs> keep it topical. <laughs> Uh, well, we all know Pep has a burner account anyway on Twitter, so I'm sh- hopefully he's taking this all on board, Uh If there's, uh, there's he's a, he's definitely got a Twitter it.
2: account after the, after those comments, you know. Defo, he's he is lurking in the shadows somewhere. I want to know. I want. I Absolutely, know. he's
1: mm.
0: lurking. Who could it be? I,
1: I wonder. <laughs> I, I wonder to what extent player had influence. Players had influence in that half-time, because I think I think mm. it was John Stones when he was interviewed. He said he was asked about. If there was kind of um, a lively dressing room conversation at halftime, and he said that there was, so I wonder to what extent players had presented Guardiola with 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 what the dilemma was, because because you know it's it's I know I know Guardiola is he, he loves his players, but I don't know to what extent he really listens to them in terms of tactical changes, but but there seemed to be. It, how we came out in the second half, there seemed to be some sort of cathartic conversation taking place at half time because we were just unrecognizable from the first half. And it wasn't just about changing formation. The players across the board just looked completely different. They were approaching the game in a completely different way. So I do wonder whether any of the senior players may have led a kind of conversation with Guardiola to express how difficult it was. I don't know.
0: It's weird. I had that the same thought yesterday uh, last night half time mm-hmm. it's like obviously we've seen the behind the scenes video but that's edited <laughs> is it not so yeah uh, who knows but I, I imagine there's a key key opportunity for players to actually see you know, the leaders in the dressing room stand and say this isn't working change it mm-hmm. now you have know, to like rather than just take take it one way from him it It's on him, and I'm sure they do hit back. Kevin DeBoer, especially, would not be shy of saying something because when he gets frustrated, you know, it's windingly obvious. Uh, You can see it. But, of course, he knew, as I say, he knew it wasn't working, so he didn't really need to be told anyway. Just before we get on to that second half, Lloyd, do you feel sorry for Phil Foden? Isolated, hung out to dry a bit, not a good half. Do you think there's an issue there with him, with Pep? or There's definitely an issue. There's
2: definitely an issue. And I think this is the right time to talk about Pep's post-match comments, actually. Um, hey. So I listened to his interview with Sky just this morning before the podcast, doing my DD. And the way he spoke about Grealish was very interesting. And I thought very pointed towards Foden. He didn't say Foden and he hasn't referred to Foden directly, but the body language stuff um, up until that interview, I think it's been pretty fair to say he's talking about probably Foden, maybe Cancelo, but after his Grealish interview last night, he is 100% talking about Foden. So in the Grealish interview, he says, um, you know, Jack is so, Jack is so, so happy around the place He has such good body language some of the best i've ever seen and this makes such a difference to the team and it means when he comes on he always plays well that was obviously a jibe at foden Uh, so I i would recommend people go and listen to it because for me it was clear as day um there is i think clearly he's been unhappy with how phil has taken to not playing in certain games um and i think that's probably what the issue is and for Phil to only start, I think it's two in the last seven. You know, that is that is just way off, and it is strange. And you know, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Like when we're watching the early stages of the World Cup and Foden's not getting on, <clears throat> we're giving Southgate barrels, yeah. being like, "How dare you? No, don't play this player. Guys, the best technical player England have produced since Gaza. Yada yada yada." So. It's odd, and yes, I do feel sorry for him a bit because playing in that position last night, like it's just, what can he do? I mean, he hardly saw the ball in the first half, oh. and you know, trying when to win he did,
0: headers, you know, diagonal balls, and it's like, yeah,
2: exactly. And when he did, you know, he didn't really have much space, and there was no one to kind of interact with because a lot of the we were kind of loading down the right hand side of the of the pitch. So yeah, I feel for him, but. He clearly needs to work through this with Pep because it needs to it needs to not become a serious problem because it's probably tearing on, on the edge at the moment.
0: Right, half time then. He did make changes, Chris. Uh, mm. thankfully. So even even Pep can not wait to the 89th minute for this one. <laughs> Surely. Uh, but were you a bit surprised at what the changes were?
1: I th- I I I was surprised yeah, I thought that he would change a formation and let this start mm. in eleven. Just have ten or fifteen minutes. Um, to, he took out Walker and took out Cancelo, didn't he? Yeah, and the and, and Lewis in.
0: so reverted I, to first... his trusty or uh, well, trusted players of recent weeks, perhaps.
1: Yeah. yeah, but 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 I think the the main the key thing was is he reverted to the formation that the whole team is familiar with and we've found extensive success with. So I thought that was a bit unfair on Cancelo and Walker that. Because, because basically the role that Lewis played is the role that Concello plays, which just on the left hand side when we go that back four when the fullback comes inside. So I thought it was a little bit unfair, but then I quickly forgot about that because immediately I could see a difference. Um, I, I think it's it's massive, kind of. It's a it's a, it's a massive uh, compliment to, to Lewis that that he comes on immediately in that second half, and you know we can see what a player he he potentially is and what he he's developing into. Um. So so I, I was surprised, uh, and I did think it was a little bit unfair. And just to quickly go to to back to Lloyd's point about. If there is an issue with Foden and to a lesser extent Concello, it's it's, it's certainly ironic that both those players in that first half formation were the ones who were stitched up the most because Mm. they were asked to do things which they just were not suited to at all. So if Pep is using that as as a sublime message that he's out of order for, because it it threatens uh, three points for us, but... um, but yeah, I, I think um, I was, I was surprised. I wasn't surprised formation change. But I was surprised that he made those changes with the personnel so, so quickly. I thought he would have given it 10 or 15 minutes. Mm.
0: Lloyd, uh, what do you think? Do you think we were instantly better in that second half? So Grealish and Mouris come on on the hour and we score three minutes after that. So there you go. There's two subs at work. But did you think in the 15 minutes prior that it was a different city from the first half?
2: Instantly better. Like, yeah.
0: literally 30
2: seconds into the half it's just a totally different ball game um, the switch made a massive difference kind of creating more of a traditional formation bringing you know Lewis is kind of playing in midfield but he, he's you know he's playing right back mainly and he's then when we've got the ball standing in centre mid and you know that's that's pretty normal for us Um. But then kind of having Rodri back in his normal position, Ake back in his normal position and moving a kanji basically into center half, the structure, the structure just, just changed. And suddenly we started to dominate the ball in midfield and we weren't getting kind of run through because yeah, first half, off, like Chris said, I think there were three or four times where Chelsea just kind of spring through, spring through our midfield in a way that you're just like, what? How did that happen? Like that—that that shouldn't happen. Um, and I think the the first three minutes of the of the of the second half, we pretty much kept the ball. Um, so yeah, it was a totally different game. And yes, whilst I wasn't that happy with Grealish and Morris coming on at the time, I wanted Morris to come on, but not Grealish. I'll be honest. Um, they obviously combined almost immediately for the winner, and. I'm very happy to eat my hat about Grealish because well, I thought he was great when he came on.
0: Yeah, I mean, recent stats great, but it doesn't change the fact that he had the two assists last week were the first of the season, I think. They only had like two shots on target this mm-hmm. season. And it doesn't change the fact, whatever you think of Grealish, that my main point is they don't work at home to teams like Everton. <laughs> that doesn't change. Nothing he does now, Grealish can score 70 goals the rest of the season, as can has they just don't work against low-block teams and no one, I don't think most City fans are going to change their mind about that because a way to Leeds or a game like this, completely different situation. So, Chris, redemption in a way for Grealish and Mahrez and a lovely goal.
1: It was a great goal. I mean, just to just to also suggest about what changed as well is that the minute we dominated possession the first five minutes of the second half, Chelsea shit the bed. Mm. And 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 just went, went into themselves and and apart, obviously the last ten minutes of the game changed a bit when we allowed them to play a lot more. But Chelsea were a different side because they no longer saw the, the opportunities. I think it was a lovely goal. I don't know what Kepper was doing, leaving that ball going across his six yard box. It was box. bad, wasn't it? it? That was bad because stance was wrong. I assume. No, I I I think he was concerned about padding it out into the center of the box mm. where New Holland was waiting. But the fact is, to leave it without looking to see if your left back is ahead of that attacking of the attacking player was just poor goalkeeping, really poor goalkeeping. But I'm going to go out a limb on here. Whilst Grealish and Maris came on and combined very quickly to score the goal, I think if you'd kept Bernardo and Foden on, we would, have, we would have, still would have scored a goal. So, so I'm going to I'm going yeah, to put down. Yeah. Yeah. Structure. I'm going to put down the victory was because, to his credit, Guardiola, Guardiola decided, okay, this isn't working. I've made a mistake, and we were going to score anyway. It just so happens that when that when uh, Grealish and Mahrez came on, um, things combined. Like it, it wasn't just what we did. It was because if you look Grealish's pass, you could say it was not great. Because any decent uh, defence and goalkeeper w- would have dealt with that.
0: No, it is. It is a good pass because it's weighted yeah, perfectly to yeah, the. Yeah, it,
1: up, it is. But that should be dealt with.
0: In yeah, the but box. that still doesn't mean it isn't a great pass. Because there's <laughs> no, no, there's no pass that is impossible to deal with. If you know what I mean, it's still yeah. a lovely no, weighted. I- and I'm positioned,
1: not positioned. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not undermining yeah. Grealish or Mahrez here, but I'm just putting in additional factors just, just so that people don't get confused that the substitutions of Grealish and Mahrez was a masterstroke. It wasn't. It was a change of dynamic, and also Kukurella can't defend for shit, and 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 and, it, and it, 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 his positioning was poor. However, we we did what we normally do. And the more you keep knocking on the door, eventually it will open. So it was a lovely goal, but it was certainly aided Imagine. by Chelsea's incompetence at that point in the game.
0: Imagine if we spent sixty million on him as well. <laughs> yeah. <be> some shrieking, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, he's. I'm surprised at what a disappointment he's been as a player. He just he was a bit of a mess. Onto the whole game. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: before before we do Cookeray, I just want to say off what Chris said there. I agree that I I agree with Chris. I think we would have scored if we'd have kept the other two on. But Bernardo doesn't score a goal like that. So that's Bernardo true. does yeah. Bernardo doesn't Fair have much. that sniff of a goal to follow in at the back post and be in Morris's position. He just that's just not that I think that's that actually is what frustrates a lot of people, including myself, about when Bernardo plays right wing. He's fantastic at retaining the ball um, high up he's fantastic at, at kind of dribbling in and around the box and kind of com- combining but he doesn't have that kind of you know just yeah sniff of a goal and I don't think we score that kind of goal with Bernardo on the pitch I think we'd have scored a different type of goal but I think Morris deserves a lot of credit for getting into that position and that's kind of a that's like a Raheem Sterling goal at City isn't it like yeah kind of yeah, getting in at the back post great timing
0: just for the record, Kepper did that again later on.
2: He did. He yeah. did.
0: He left. He did exactly mm. the same stance. Got on his knees and just let one go past. It's because
2: he knows Cookeray is a top defender and he's gonna he's <laughs> gonna be there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he may come good, good because the the club as a whole is just a bit of a mess at the moment. There's 27 players. Coming Bullet in. dodged.
2: Bullet dodged.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's just not. That's why City had a a figuring mind, but. Whatever the figure was, if he was here, it's yeah. Doesn't really matter what the figure is if we bought it.
1: Yeah, but I yeah, I agree. I I think that the price is irrelevant. The fact is, yeah. if if we get Kukurella, then Guardiola makes him a better player. And as and Guardiola wants backs who are as equally good as atta- attacking as they are defending, and sometimes it it falters either way. But, yeah, if he comes to us for a reasonable price, he's improved as a player. He's not, he's not getting that improvement at the minute at Chelsea.
0: Pepper will be playing him on the right wing. Don't be
1: yeah.
0: Silly <laughs> uh, after that goal, 63 minutes. Chris, I'll stay with you. Did you feel... Were you a bit disappointed about City's approach for the rest of the match? Because we did invite Chelsea on to us. We've been masters in recent times of seeing out games but it felt like we were just looking to protect and we kind of sat back a bit too much and allowed them to have sniffs at goal. Nothing major, of course. I never felt like a goal was coming, but it, it was a bit nervier than it needed to be for me, the, the final set, mm. uh, third of the game. Mm.
1: I think it was a combination because because go, yeah, going into that final third, I, I felt I felt like our press improved massively. And and they were really struggling to to bring the ball out of, of their back line, um, but I thought we I still thought we we were we were managing the game pretty effectively when they brought on a couple of because basically they, they they Potter replaced Gail with with youth and and energy and that's pretty much all they had so they became a lot more headless Chelsea but they were still pressing us in our half I felt City was slightly caught between a rock and a hard place of how to manage the game mm. in that. You know, I I, I I would have suggested in the last five to seven minutes to just take up into the corner and hold them and frustrate them, but it looks like we couldn't decide whether we were going to stick or twist them and, and push him for a second goal. When actually to nullify that Chelsea enthusiasm, just kill the game, Sh- shit out your way through it. So I think I think that's how we invited them on. Is we were indecisive about how we were going to manage the game out for the last five t- to ten minutes and where we were, you know, Chelsea's strength in that they suddenly had a lot of verve going forward was also their downfall because they didn't have any particular (laughs) clinical approach or real sort of technical ability. So, uh, yeah, it, it was about game management, but I guess thematically that sort of, Felt consistent throughout the whole Game from City We were never quite sure how we were approaching this game Apart from a specific period of about 25 minutes And, and then and then we scored the goal But we could have made life easier for ourselves In that last 10 minutes
0: mm. uh, Of course there were not, not a game of chances Really for both sides Of course Nathan Ake Hit the post mm. Could have easily have scored that He's such a threat as well from set pieces and Erling Haaland flashed one over uh, first half, and just failed to get one in the second half on that cross. Bit of a Gaza vibe about it. Um, I think he should have <laughs> scored that. No, I don't. I think he threw everything he could at it. So. No, I
2: think I, I've watched it a few times. I think yeah. he gets. I think he's got his feet. He's got his yeah. feet wrong a bit early. I think he's. It's not. He should be in that position. There's enough time for him to make that. I think he actually. Doesn't he? Doesn't rebound off his right foot? It's about four or five steps early.
0: Um, right. I think you should. I think you should score that. It was also side. Kept you know. Kevin De Boone was far more dangerous in that second half. Mm-hmm. Far more incisive with some of his passes. But for the, for the record, forget, forty-one out of forty-seven passes. Uh, Kevin De and joined the match. So. Really, according wow. to sofascore.com.
2: that doesn't feel right. But okay. Um, I, th- I think he lost. Well, maybe it felt like he lost the ball a lot, though, in that transition. Mm. So maybe that doesn't count. But I
1: think, I, uh, yeah, Lloyd, I think that's it. Uh, it's enhanced because he he lost it at critical points, um, and and so if 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 he, if he gave it away six times, it felt because that those six times it was really we were attacking, so it's really enhanced. The other thing I'd say on Kev is don't forget, pretty good chance um,
2: just before we scored where Bernardo does a madness kind of dribbles in and out of Kukurea three or four times, it comes to De Bruyne top of the box, and he misses yeah. the target by about mm.
0: four yards. It's very how, un-De Bruyne. How many times have you seen him score from that move? And the the mm. the TV was really deceptive. I thought it had gone past the other post. I did, <laughs> yeah. I don't, post, know what yeah. Was, don't know what I've been putting my drink, but I thought it flash past the other post, waiting for the net to bulge. And then I saw the replay and it has got I got he's put it three yards past the other post. It's like I mean he just scores them like nine, nine out of ten, it feels like, in my mind. So Can
1: we also give credit to Haaland for that opportunity that he missed in the first half when Gundo oh, plays him yeah. through that first touch? Amazing. My yeah. God. He takes Kula out with that first touch and and he toe pokes with his left. If that goes in, that's one of the goals of the season. You know, again it's yeah. that 100%. thing about Haaland, he he appears to be quiet. And passive, and then suddenly this explosion. That first touch was oh my god! You can't. Well, you can bite it, but you can't. You can't train. You can't train that. That that was. If that had scored, oh my god, the roof's going off. You know, yes. that was that
2: was his first touch of the game. That first touch. Was, was it? His first <laughs> Jesus touch of the game.
1: Christ. Yeah, extraordinary.
0: Just for the record, uh, since he joined City, Marez scored more Premier League goals as a substitute than any other player. Nine. There you go. I always see him as a bad substitute, yeah, you know, one who needs to start games rather than come on. But not bad, that. Not a bad record at all. Mm, good start. So, yeah, we saw it out. Chris, three points. How did you feel at full-time? The result is everything, in a way. Just for the record, since that night, <laughs> that night against Chelsea, we won't say mm-hmm. what that night was, uh, four clean sheets against Chelsea, Mm. For one nil wins, I think uh, haven't con- yeah, haven't conceded against them. Only the second team to do that against Chelsea after, of course, Bolton 1958 to
1: 1960. So of course, who could of forget course, that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone knows yeah. that. I don't know why yeah. I even <laughs>
0: mentioned it. So how did you feel at full time? What for me, result is everything. Always happy. You won at Stamford Bridge. You're happy, aren't you? But personally, I don't take a lot more away from it than that. So.
1: No, I, I um, the victory, the, the three points was critical. It's a cliche, but it was absolutely critical. And and so you know, it, when the schedule is is as it is, with so many games coming so quickly one after another, and added to that, that Arsenal does have this lead. Every game does become. I won't say must win Every game does become critical, regardless mm. of, it, of who we're playing. The, there was a, a bit of relief at the end um but the 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 satisfaction of getting the three points didn't take away from the fact that I was still bemused and frustrated by the decision making before at the beginning of the first half from Guardiola and I thought okay there's still work to be done there with with that but um it felt like a, a statement um and it because so we've been here before, We've we've been chasing a leader before, and we have the the experience and the knowledge to know how to do that and to not panic. And that was the main thing. Is and I do give, uh, despite my criticism of Guardiola, I give him credit for changing it and allowing the team to play to to their full potential. So yeah, I was really pleased, um, and uh, because it could have been a very different scenario you know, going eight points behind... United
0: up next in the league, of course, and thankfully this win means they can't go ahead of us. Are you worried at all that the flaws of this game will be... Yeah. Well, (laughs) what Pep might do, uh, left-field team selections against United, but United are far more likely to take advantage of, um, you know, a poor setup than a very average Chelsea were.
1: Yeah, I I think... uh, I don't know what to what extent Guardiola has a hang up about United as he has had about Liverpool and Chelsea in the last few years despite the fact they've beaten us on on on, on a few occasions of the of the last few seasons. If he if Guardiola worries about a pacey counter if he worries, if he was if he was about a pacey counter attack like he does against Chelsea then I don't know we could have issues. I I think we should um I wouldn't say we should beat United comfortably. Um, but I think we are the better side. Um, but yeah, it it, it it's it, it it's we go, we're going into that fixture against United probably. Unlike we've been going in in against them in the past few seasons, yeah. is that is that we're a little bit erratic. We're not playing to our full potential. United have found a fantastic run of form, and so it could be a more challenging fixture but if we play like we know we can play like in the first 20 minutes of that second half we would beat anyone in the league it's just whether Guardiola has the confidence to, to to stick with that and apply that with the players
0: yeah well they haven't got a PE teacher on secondment as a manager so that's it will true. be a more difficult tie for sure Lloyd your thoughts on the match as a whole buzzing with the three points yeah I mean, ultimately that's
2: that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And that's what we needed. It's a results um, game. It is a results game. Um very happy that Pep changed it. And I think for me actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go maybe a bit earlier with this, but for me that felt like a bit of a turning point with Guardiola this season. I think we've seen, a good, I think we've shout. seen him,
1: good shout, Lloyd, that yeah. I think shout. we've
2: seen him make a lot of mistakes, more than you would expects this this season from a manager's perspective i think a lot of the time when we've struggled in previous seasons particularly when we didn't win the league i think there were a lot more problems from the players individually and injuries whereas for me if if prior to last night if you were to kind of boil the season down and for example like i wrote my observer column before everton i didn't bag pep as much as i probably would have post everton where i think there have been a lot of games where the reason we haven't performed or the reason we've underperformed has actually more been Guardiola probably than other factors. And that's probably one of the first times apart from maybe his first season where I think that's been the case. So I think the approach at Liverpool was weird. The way we set up against Brentford was not right. Uh, the Everton game was just weird. You know, there are, there are quite a few examples across the season. I'm probably missing a few from the early season. So However, I think his comments last night and the way that he spoke in in his interview was a lot more revealing than he usually is. And he, he really took all the blame and said, it really wasn't working. Um, I knew it, the players knew it. The way he spoke about Cancelo, I thought was pretty revealing. He was like, after 20 minutes, I wanted to bring Mahrez on. Um, you know, it. Zhao just wasn't having that. I think he said like electricity or something in the in the space out wide so the fact that he changes it the fact that he's decisive he goes you know what that's not the right that's not the right setup I need to make a change and then makes two more changes I mean look that's very un for this season so I'm hoping that that's a bit of a change in him and that we'll see him stick a little bit more and be a bit more confident in his traditionals and look you know when we played United last we went for them and it worked Now United are in a bit of a different funk. Now they're in, well, they're in opposite of a funk. They're playing really well, and I think for the first time in probably three, four years, we're going to be going into a derby where actually United, on paper, rather than you know just kind of beating us in a bit of a weird counter attack game, United on paper are a much better side, and they're much more stable, and they're defensively strong. However, what Pep needs to do is stick with stick with his fundamentals. Don't fucking overthink it or do something silly like he did against Chelsea first half and I'm hoping from his interview and the way that we kind of
0: corrected that last night that it was a bit of a turning point in that sense okay let's finish off with star performers Chris who stood out for you
1: Um, I'd say for the full 96 stones yeah should um, I just the-
0: quickly give you the stats then because he's obviously yeah. <laughs> the one to go to uh, had the most touches of any player, 102 98% Past completion, eighty-five out of eighty-seven. Won all of his four aerial duels and made the most clearances of any Manchester City player. For, of course, there was that great block tackle in the first half from a rare mm. chance for Chelsea. So yeah, go on.
1: And also the way he brought the ball out when Chelsea hit the post. Mm. Oh um, yeah, that is just yeah. <laughs> there was that was a joke, wasn't it? The way just he that? stopped time. Yeah. But there was also something about his presence on the field that was the first time in a city game where I've looked at the eleven and Stones has felt like the most senior player in mm. terms of calm and experience and understanding. I I think I think he's at a threshold point where mentally he seems to be a lot better than he's been for a couple of seasons. See and so when, Pep said,
0: "No it was." Lloyd, do you remember what precisely he said? It was something about when he's good in his head or something, then he's you know, a brilliant mm. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, like <laughs> loaded, like, yeah, it's uh, a mental thing if he's not playing well. or off. I don't know if talking about off-field stuff, but... But yeah. to, give, to give Stone's credit, he said for the
2: last... I think he said for the last two, two and a half seasons, John's been in this mode. He's been mm. in... He's been, like, secure. Um and I think you can see that, though. Like, Stone's used to be... A bit erratic in that you know he was ninety five percent you know calm, cool, collected, but he had that kind of it. It was a concentration problem. He would just kind of mm. lose his head a bit. Whereas now, I mean, like you watch him for England and for City, he's just an absolute Rolls Royce yeah. of a defender. Like he's like yeah, he Ferdinand incarnate. Um yeah. and he's my favourite centre half, and he's the one that I always want to see play. Um, and he's doing himself the absolute world of good at the moment.
1: I also think he's our most versatile centre half as well. Each of our centre halves bring a certain skill set. You know, he's a very different centre half to Diaz and to Ake. Um but he is right now Stones is the is the embodiment of a modern centre half and all that role now requires. Um and yeah, and he's the kind of defender where more often than not he comes off the pitch after 90 minutes with clean shorts because he's not got himself into a position where he has to go diving in. I know he did it against Chelsea yes, yesterday, but that was less to do with him or to do with no, no defensive central midfielder to stop the attack. So he's, he's, you know, whilst he doesn't play left back, he's starting to have that presence of a Paolo Maldini, calm, composed, anticipating, dictating play from the back. Yeah. So he was my man that match. I think by a distance, really, no one mm. really came close.
0: Well, he stood out on the pitch as a whole, just above everyone yeah. else. About anyone else you want to mention? Either of you? Rico Lewis for me. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think um, to come on. I tweeted it after the game, but like to 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 play away at Leeds in the league really difficult. You know, Everton at home less difficult, but still, you know, for an eighteen-year-old to play in a Guardiola team, it is just not normal to be honest, in the Premier League. But I think to come on in a game like that where we're really struggling and he's basically... You know, Walker's been given the the hook for him to have that level of imprint on the game and help us turn the game like that. I mean... It's, it's top level. We've got a
0: serious player. there. Pat, Pat's raving he, about him again, so. but he, he's
1: all. also he's also playing a really difficult role. If you watch what he does when he comes in the middle, he basically play. He's basically the wall in a game of Wallie. That the centre halves play the ball to him, and he often plays it back to them. But, but then it generates space and time, and that's not easy to do because you're really susceptible to having the ball t- taken off you at a really. Dangerous part of the pitch, and the fact that he's doing that with such confidence, and you see him demanding the ball from the centre half, so he can then pass it on, pass it back to them, or turn and play a sideways pass. He's, yeah, it, it's it's that level of confidence and belief in his own ability uh, is what's really shining through. You know, he, he's slowly emerging as you know a critical player who can be who can be relied upon and is almost mistake free. So yeah, he's, he's an absolute gem. I, I just really hope that. Guardiola does what he did with Foden. He doesn't burn him out. It's, what, he, what he didn't do with Foden was to burn him out. He, he, he progressively played him. And, and that's what I want him to do with Lewis. Don't put him in all the time. Build him up over the next 18 months so he can become a starter. Yeah, he's a great player.
0: Indeed. Right, I think that's it. Anything else you want to talk about the match? Either of you, or move on. Were
1: well, you going to say something about refereeing? About... Um, Players going down with cramp. I'll no, leave for, that for another, that's that for for another Wednesday. Oh, uh, okay, that's fine, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was what made me want to do another podcast, ah, partly okay, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, just about. Yeah, there's been so many games last couple of weeks that this wasn't one of those That's games. the first time,
1: I've ever, first time I've ever seen Rodri go down with cramp.
0: Hmm. Unusual sight, though. Beth
1: yeah. was good in this game, though, so. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, yeah. T- I think Tierney is t- often erratic, but... There was not a lot of use of VAR, if any. I think that was significant yeah, because it, it means that the referee really managed the game. And I just I just saw him manage a lot of the player's bullshit. Um, he, he, cut, he, he he squashed it immediately and he was really careful with his cards. He brought them out only when he needed to. So yeah, it was a really good performance by Tierney. Hmm.
2: Ref, Ref had a great game. My only last point, Howard, is I do think we were lucky that Pulisic and Sterling both got off injured. That does mm. that does help us for sure. Um, they're two players that in transition, I think second half would have caused, could have really put the shits up us when it was like one nil and we were kind of trying to hold the game out. They they were very much blunted by having to bring that Hutchinson and uh, obviously Lewis Hall played well, but you know they. They didn't
0: have their kind of weapons in the second half, so yeah. that definitely helped. Yeah, it was a take the three points and run type performance. So, uh, yes, I don't wish injury on Sterling, but kind of glad he went down and off immediately because there was a narrative there, was there not? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's definitely scoring against us, so he's gonna have a will. don't think I've ever seen
2: Sterling have a muscle injury before, you know.
0: No, that earlier, yeah, it's like. I can't we were, remember but, Sterling
2: like pulling a muscle in a game for City, genuinely. Yeah. And if some, I'd be interested if someone listening can remember that. But I, for me, he, that was just something he never ever had at City.
0: And of course, no mount. He's picked up an injury, so as I say, that's what made the the approach even weirder in that first half, especially after Chelsea had lost two players. It was a strange ninety minutes, but just thankful to get the three points. So. What about? What about a cheeky offer for Lewis Hall in the summer? I don't know enough about him to be honest, so You rate him then, yeah. Well he can play left back, so that's uh oh, well, we're that's, not going that's, for him then that's are a we? Tick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh
2: yeah, the two times we've seen him he's
0: uh, against City anyway, man yeah. I think he's been really impressive. Might see him on Sunday. Speaking of which, anyway, enough City against Chelsea. It's time to look at City against Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> weird playing them twice in three days.
1: Um, didn't we do this under Pellegrini? Did, oh, didn't we do memory. that once? I'm sh- didn't we once do it where we played Chelsea like in the space of four days in a cup and a league? I don't know. Oh. I'm not sure if it included that one where where he mm. put five kids on. Do you remember at Stamford Bridge no, prior to the Champions League, we got hammered. But I seem to recall that we've had a we've had this before with Chelsea, back to backs with the league in a cup. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it is weird, but at the same time, it's an opportunity as well because um, because I think not just obviously physically, Chelsea are now hampered because they've got key players out, Mount, mm. Pulisic, and Sterling, but also. They'll look back at that and think we should have taken City in that first half. I mean, we were fortunate to come off at half-time level last night. Fortunately, and I th- and I think Chelsea will um, look at that and think that was an opportunity. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's weird, but also I, th- I think it's I think it's it's a good time to play them again, and, it's, and I think it's a good opportunity to try and progress in the cup.
0: Hmm. Lloyd, I guess the big question is how important is this game? In fact, we can bring Southampton into it as well, which is the bigger game. If we're looking at who Pep should play,
2: good question. Um, Thank you. I think it being this, I think it being this way round is helpful, and what I mean by that is, it would. Have, I think it would have been much more difficult for Pep to play Chelsea in the FA Cup and then play them in the league afterwards i think now particularly because we've won i think it gives him a little bit of a license to rotate quite heavily if he wants to in this game and i think the fact that chelsea are without a lot of their best players also leads into that so i think you know for me this screams out calvin phillips like starting for example um and it screams out giving more minutes to Foden to Walker to Cancelo to the you know the guys that looked a bit rusty last night so is it which game's more important oh, that's a really good question I actually don't know uh, I mean traditionally the FA Cup's a bigger cup but um, I think the way that the Carabao shaping up is 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 good for City Um I'm tempted to say Southampton, you know, and that, so am and, I. that yeah. and that feels so, like a, that feels like a strange answer. But if we were to go out to Chelsea at the weekend, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world with for this season, given our ambitions, given how compact the season's going to be. So I'd probably say if if we were to lose one, I'd probably go Chelsea.
0: Okay, i uh, just looking up the head to head, Chris, and I found two. Chelsea City games close together but they're not quite as close they're 12 days apart does that count
1: Mm, uh, yeah maybe maybe. February
0: 14th uh, Chelsea beat us 1-0 in the league and then we beat them 12 days later in the FA Cup funnily enough what
1: year what year was that
0: that's February 2014
1: okay Pellegrini I
0: think under Tuchel though we played them in the league
2: we got beat we played them in the Cup, we got beat, and then we played them in the Champions League final, and they beat us. So Didn't in February,
0: happen? we beat them 6 0, of course. On 10th mm-hmm. February, 14 days later, was the League Cup final. That obviously we won on penalties. So, uh, uh, yeah, FA Cup in April 21, 17th of April. Then in May, that 2 1 home defeat, but we were winning you know, the last minute winning for them oh, in yeah, the Champions yeah. League. So that was three times. Yeah. In six weeks, basically. So we do have a history of you know, doubling up, but not perhaps three days apart. So anyway, went off on a tangent there, but just had to look it up. <laughs> it was uh, annoying me. So, Chris, what about you? Line-up-wise, I'm thinking the likes of Walker, Cancelo, Foden... You put them straight back in the side, fitness permitting.
1: I would, and just to say as well, I think Southampton's the more important fixture simply because we're closer to the final than we are in the FA Cup, mm. so there's more at stake. Um, we know what it feels like to win a cup early in the season; and it's a, it's a fantastic springboard. So yeah, definitely, I think Southampton is a priority. Um, it, it yeah, it, it's. I think it is an opportunity for. Cancelo and Walker to get more action. I think it's an opportunity for Palmer as well. Mm. Um, I don't know. It feels like Gomez has gone off the radar uh, completely. I mean, you know, it would feel feel short-sighted if he was completely written off, but whether he comes in for for this game. I, I think what would be a fair thing to do is to give the players who I felt were slightly kind of thrown under a bus last night with the formation change, give them a chance to, 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 to play in a formation, which they're more familiar with. To get walking cello back in, get Foden back in, um, you know, and, and, and and maybe play Palmer as well. Um, I mean,
0: he he could play Foden or Grealish in the middle, which would be, yeah. he won't. No, he won't. (laughs) But But this is like the opportunity to do something like that, is it not?
1: Yeah, I, th- I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I guess also something we have to consider as well. We've, we've got to look at player management here because we've got a number of significant games over the next three weeks. Yeah. And, and a lot of them then leading up towards a Champions League knockout stage. And, and so, you know, so therefore, I, I think it might be as much about keeping players fit and give them enough uh, uh, playing time and rest time as well. Um, but I, I still think that. You know Guardiola does. You know he's one of those few um, foreign managers who, does, who who really takes the the both domestic cups seriously. So I think he will want to win it again. So I think he will go reasonably strong.
0: Lloyd, your thoughts on who you think will line up?
2: Yeah, so I'd like to see three key players not start. So for me, that's Stones. Yeah. He's played a lot post World Cup. Um, Rodri. And Haaland. I'd like to. So I'd like to see. I'm thinking Kevin De Bruyne, perhaps as well. Yeah, maybe Kev, but he's played shit in the last two games, to be honest. So mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate the idea of him playing again. Um, yeah, Kev's level in the last two has been quite far off his usual level. I'm not concerned because it's Kev, um, but I think actually. Given he's not played well twice in
0: a row, I think he'll probably want to play. So well, it depends I, if it's fatigue or not. But yeah, he's very forward in telling Pep.
2: He's I very forward in fatigue. saying I
0: want to play. So if he says it, fair enough.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't. It, it, I don't think it's fatigue. You don't. I just don't think he's. No. I don't think he's played
0: very well. Um, I, I blame everything on fatigue because I've been doing for about six years now, and players don't play well. So. Uh, well, that's it's why it's my go-to position. Yeah.
2: Exactly. There you go. Um, but you can play left back, Howard. So that should always be considered. <laughs> I can, yeah, by Guardiola. Um, yeah, and then I think Palmer should play, Phillips should play, and I think Alvarez should come in. So yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see those key guys on the bench. So you um, you would have goalkeeper. I mean, surely Ortega probably plays, right. doesn't he? I don't, really, I don't really care
0: about yeah. that to be fair so you'd have Walker right back Cancella left back Akanji yeah. and Ake
2: yeah Phillips in front of, of them
0: fit. Phillips in front of them Alvarez up front yeah Palmer on the wing or perhaps Grealish and I don't know Let's say he's got to juggle it with the Southampton game
2: Palmer Foden but Alvarez front three with what Phillips and whoever he wants to play in midfield yeah
0: he'd be happy with that Chris, how do you think Potter will approach the match? He's lost more players, get somehow trying to get up the table, the tenth, fourteen points behind City. I think about ten points off fourth place, something like that. Mm-hmm. This is not a priority for Chelsea, the FA Cup, is it? At all? He's losing players you know, they're falling like flies. Does he do you think he'll put out a really weak side?
1: Before I answer that, um Howard Guess what's going on outside my window? <gasps> is it, it can't be a leaf blower. A leaf blower. <laughs> in January? In <laughs> January. <laughs> Making a racket. If you've got this far
0: in the pod, that is a I treat. know. I I'm know. almost jealous, really. i yeah.
1: don't say, Can you hear it?
0: Yeah, I can, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's loud. Apologies for that. Um, it's interesting because you could say that this is not a priority, but then you could also say what else have Chelsea got to play for? Because they're not going to make a title challenge. Their priority is Champions League. This could this potentially could be their only opportunity for mm. silverware. So he may prioritize it. Um, but I think it will be a question of who's available to him.
0: Well, that's it, personnel wise. Can he prioritize yeah. it?
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think I think he's in a difficult position because because they've been on a shocking run of form, and he's still Potter, still very much attempting to find a way to assert his. Approach to the club and to the way he wants Chelsea to to, to play, but um yeah, it, it, like you say, it, it might come down to resources, who's actually available that c- that can constitute a strong team, and on paper it might not seem as strong.
0: Hmm. How do you see this game playing out then, Lloyd? City dominating possession, set uh, a, a comfortable victory. I do get a feeling that this. This will be a very different game from the one on Thursday night, will it not, stylistically-wise. But mm. do you see City dominating this match? Yeah, I'm struggling to
2: see us not winning, to be honest. But a lot of that is off the back of what happened last night. And so I think Chelsea's confidence is going to be low. They're going to have to shuffle the pack a bit because of the injuries. You know, It might help them, for example, like playing Lewis Hall over Cook-Korea because... Mm. He was a, I thought he was best player on the pitch actually in the Carabao game before the World Cup um, but I just think I just think this is a game really where even, when, even if we rotate like I said I still think we'll have too much for Chelsea at the moment given the fact they've got injuries and they're going to have to play a bit of a stretch team themselves so I think it should be hopefully a comfortable win I'd like to see another clean sheet because last we've not kept many clean sheets this season, um, and I was loving a clean sheet last night. So if we can double clean sheet, double win, that puts us in an excellent position.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I think yeah, it's hard to say what the lineups would be. Of course, uh, I'm just looking at is Brozier injured still? Do you know Lloyd? He did his ACL, mate. He's done what I've done. Oh, God. I'm just looking at their lineup when we played him in the Carabao. It was like Mendy, Chalabar, Kulubali, Kukurela, Hall, Zachariah, Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, Zayec, Brozia, Pulisic. So, yeah, uh, two of them minimum aren't... Yeah, two aren't available of them, so hard to say. Plus what no team. Mount, plus no Sterling. yeah. Unless it was a tiny, it can't be a tiny thing if he had to go off in the first minute. So just, I don't know if he can. Yeah, it's going to be a scratch. It's going to be a mixture. I think quite a few youth players for Chelsea.
1: I and would suggest
0: for us as well. So
1: I would suggest this is a game that Chelsea do not want. Hmm. They, they, they could really do with that. And, and I, I, agree, I agree with with Lloyd. Regardless of last night's first half, I see this as as a comfortable win. I just think we're in a far better position than they are.
0: Okay, we'll finish with a score prediction then.
1: Okay, I am going to be bold. I'm going to say 3-0. Wow. Lloyd? 2-0. Okay.
0: I'm going to go 3-1 then. I've covered all bases. But I hope... Do you want... Just final question, both you. Do you want Pep to put out... You know, we're talking about priorities here, cities. Do you want Pep to put out a very strong side? or are you happy? Would you be quite happy if he delved into youth players but I guess there's not that many options really is there on that front
1: no I it's it's with our squad it's quite difficult to put out a really weak side yeah, yeah it's, exactly, you know it, but but I I over the next four or five games when I think we need to have a consistent body of seven players seven or eight seven players who were starting every match and then we put rotation around it Um, and I think I I think it's clear who some of those players are that we need to play but but I do also agree with um, uh, Lloyd's suggestion that Rod that that Phillips needs to come in, that for me is more about Phillips than it's about Rodri, although Rodri pulling up with cramp was a concern for me last night. Um, But yeah, if we can get some of those players who have not been playing as much, like Palmer, like Phillips, because we're going to need them if we keep progressing in all four uh, competitions...
0: Well, Phillips looked pretty svelte to me. Yeah, so
1: he's, he's you know it's really unfair because I heard the Chelsea fans calling him UFAP, singing UFAP bastard to him, and and it reminds me of that time when um, Ginola was playing for Villa. Do you remember? And the manager said he yeah. he was overweight and he was ripped. And I think the same th- unfair thing has been put onto Phillips now. He clearly isn't overweight. Yeah. He may have been a few pounds. It was more probably more to do with. Disciplined
0: than anything else. Used to sing it to Frank Lampard and stuff. Yeah. I wish I was as fat as Frank Lampard.
1: Yeah, so do I.
0: I Calvin Phillips. Uh, Right, that is a wrap. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for coming on. Really enjoyed that. Pleasure as always. Lloyd, thank you very much for coming on. That was cracking. Cheers. Yeah, that's a wrap. We're all off to watch Jürgen Klopp snarl at journalists in a press conference after one dared ask him his favourite colour. Take care. Stay safe, everyone. As always, have a great weekend and up the blues.